please be seated for our Bible readings. Of Paul to the Ephesians, beginning at chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of, in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave us were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, We must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knitted together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. The second reading is taken from John chapter 17, verse 20. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, 
so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, over the last uh, two months or so, we've been looking at what is church. And for those of you who uh, have been with us, um, I wonder if you'd like to give us a summary now of what we've decided and looked at. But in case uh, some of you missed out, let me just remind you that as we've looked at the early church in the, the book of Acts uh, and what's happened there as recorded for us by Luke, uh, we, we've seen how uh, that early church grew in and numbers multiplied by leaps and bounds as believers were devoted and committed to certain aspects of church of, of the people that they were. They were devoted, they were committed to, be, to being caring people, caring believers. They were devoted to being prayerful and worshipping people. They were eager to learn. They were evangelistically minded. They were devoted to compassion and justice. They were spirit-filled. They were working together as a team. And two weeks ago, uh, I don't know how many of you remember that, but we had that key verse in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, that all the believers, all those who were there as part of that early church, all of them who believed were of one heart and soul. All the, all the believers were one in heart and mind. What a key verse that is. What a key verse. The challenges, the church of today, the challenges us, the church in this community, challenging us to total unity. It says all All the believers were one in heart and mind. Yes, you know, united we stand, divided we fall, we fail. The moment we're divided, we fail. Oh, I know how easy it is and to allow ourselves to to want what we like or what suits us or what we've grown up with. (laughs) So easy, isn't it, to squabble over the colour of the carpet? Oh, to say, I don't like the choice of music. Uh, Oh, do we have to have the organ? Or can't we have the organ? Or should we have 
the worship group or should we have the worship group and the organ? Or why does the service have to start at 10 o'clock? Surely 9.30 is a better time. So easy, isn't it? To squabble over things like this and to be divided. In many respects, though, these are pity issues. But they can divide a church and they divide a congregation. But let's remember that there are, from time to time, major issues. Major issues which churches have to face and deal with. And we have to appreciate that we must unite if we're going to avoid wrecking the work of God. We must submerge our own petty personal whims and attitudes as we work together for the glory of God and for common blessing. Let's look at what Paul is telling us as he writes about unity, about being united. And we had it there in that first part of chapter 4 of his letter, which Stuart has just read to us. I wonder if you picked up that mightily powerful emphasis on unity through the repeated use of the word one, one, throughout that, those first six verses. Well, look, he begins by saying, I beg you. It's a strong word, actually. I urge you, he says, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. To lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. You know, folks, we were all of us once far from God. There was that time that we were without hope, we were lost in sin, we weren't part of God's family, we had no inheritance, and we were not in Christ. But now, we are chosen, we are chosen people, we are predestined, we are dearly loved, we've been adopted as sons and daughters of the King of Kings. We're redeemed, and we have access to the incalculable riches of Christ. And we've been brought together into one unified people through Christ, and we are in Christ. He abiding in us, and we abiding in Him. And this is our calling. And we are to live in a manner that is worthy of this calling. We are to live, and look how Paul says it, we are to live with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. To live with humility. I wonder what that says to you. What's it like to be humble? You know, to have that state of being humble is to think of others' needs ahead of our own. 
It's being able to esteem others better than ourselves as we set aside all conceit and arrogance. Humility. So essential. We're going to be united. Gentleness. As I looked this up, I saw that the word meekness is far closer uh, to uh, the word, the original. Meekness. But meekness is not a synonym for weakness. Meekness, gentleness, is the quality of a strong personality, but whose strength is under control. Did you get that? It's the quality of a strong personality whose strength is under control, never insisting or asserting personal rights. How important to be gentle if we're going to be united. Patience and bearing with one another in love. I love the way John Stott refers to these two as forming a natural couple. (laughs) The two, he says, just go together. You can't have one without the other. Be patient and to bear with one another. See, patience is, I would call it that disposition of long-suffering. Long-suffering under prolonged provocation. The ability to put up with those who aggravate without any anger or retaliation. It's a form of bearing with one another, isn't it? It's that mutual tolerance of each other as we make allowance for the faults and failures of others of their differing personalities, of their abilities and their temperaments. We bear with one another, no matter how much others irritate or disturb or embarrass. We bear with each other in positive love. And of course it is love, it is love which embraces the humility, the gentleness, the patience, and the forbearance, all of which lead to maintaining the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It's been said that humility and gentleness and patience and forbearance are like foundation stones in many respects of a united church. And once these, that sort of firm base, that foundation has been laid, then unity just grows and develops. And you see, this is our calling. It's our calling to be united as we live in a way, in that way, and to be united in the one body which is the church, the body of Christ, to be united in that body. Paul spells it out so emphatically. He said, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, there's one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, 
who is above all and through all and in all. You see, we are united in the one body. We are baptized into it. We are indwelt and gifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Together, together, we are united in the one hope that is our Christian calling. We are united in one faith and one baptism because there's only one Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the one object of the faith and the hope and the baptism of all Christian believers. It's Jesus Christ in whom we believe. It is Jesus Christ into whom we are baptized. It is in and through Jesus Christ that we have that sure and certain hope. We are united in him. And we are united into a family as sons and daughters of God who is the father of of all. He's the father of all his redeemed children. Oh, you know, as I was preparing for today's message, I just found myself drawn back to Paul's exhortation when he wrote, I beg you, among other things, I beg you to make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Make every effort. The original is spare no effort. In fact, it's sparing no effort. It's emphatic, and being a present participle, it calls for a continuous, ongoing activity on our part. We're not meant to be passive. Say, oh, it'll happen, it'll come about. No, we are to be determinedly active in maintaining our unity and to demonstrate to the world as a church that our unity is a true and glorious reality. But, you know, as we read on from verse 7, we're reminded by Paul of how we are to be united in our ministry as a church. Yes, he talks about grace. Grace has been given to each one of us, gifting us in the measure that Christ has chosen. Two forms of grace, you know. Don't, don't miss out on that. Grace, salvation grace, the grace that saves us as sinners, has been given to us in full measure. The grace that Paul is referring to here is the gifting grace, the grace which equips each one of us, the grace which equips each one of us to serve in diverse ways. And we are to be united in our diversity. Each member of the church fellowship fulfilling his or her role as part of a united team. Some of the gifts that God gives to the church are found in, uh, in verse 11. Um, we saw them on the screen. We heard um, uh, Stuart reading them out. Some are gifted to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. This is not a total list. We only have to look at two of Paul's other letters. 
in Romans 12, in 1 Corinthians 12, to read reference to the many other gifts. And Peter Wagner in his book, Your Spiritual Gifts, lifts 27 of the charismata. All of them. Didn't make them up. All of them in the Bible. And as a church, we are the body of Christ and individually members of it and each one called to serve according to the measure of our gifting. How does your body work, your human body? You know, every part in my body has got a role. All the parts are knit together in a unity to ensure a healthy well-beingness. When the eye or the foot or the hand or the ear, the lung or the liver, the aorta, the big toe, whatever is not working properly, the whole body suffers and doesn't function effectively and properly. And so too, within the body of Christ, every part has to be active so that together we function in the way that we should. So that as Paul puts it, we equip each other for the work of ministry so that we're all equipped, as it were, all equipped uh, to serve the Lord. We, we, and we build up the body of Christ. Yes, for the church to grow, for more of God's kingdom to come here in St. Juan, until all of us come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to that maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. You know, this is not a pipe dream. This is not a pipe dream, but a reality that comes about through the grace of God when each one of us lives the life worthy of the calling to which we've been called. I'm not going to carry on and look in detail at the verses which follow. Let me just underline the outcome of our walk in unity and of our service in unity. I mentioned it earlier, it's mentioned earlier, but in verse 14, we get that word maturity coming out again. We become mature so that we are no longer tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine. We're no longer like little children. And virtually repeated in the verse 15, we grow up. Don't miss out on that. We grow up. We grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, as we speak the truth in love. Indeed, as we speak that truth in love, we grow in Jesus. We grow into Jesus. And as we grow in Jesus, we are increasingly brought together and knit together And verse 16, as each part is working properly, 
the church grows. There we are. Today's message. That we are to be united. That we are to be all one in heart and mind. By the way, it's not my message. Because that is exactly what Jesus is praying. At the end of his prayer for us in John 17, it was read to us this morning. Jesus prays and is praying that we may, all of us, be one. And that as God the Father is in him and he is in us, that the world may see and believe. Jesus is praying that for us now. Oh, please take on board what we've heard or been reminded of this morning. And oh, may our love for God, our love for Jesus, our love for each other, and our love for the lost just inspire us to respond unreservedly to that unity to which we are called and to actively fulfill that role within the body of Christ for which he so graciously equips us. Amen. Amen.